0: Welcome to the special edition
1: of the New Stack Makers On The Road. We're here in KubeCon North America in
0: Detroit right, City.
1: Discussions from the show floor with technologists giving you their expertise and insights to help you with your everyday work. KubeCon and Cloud Con conferences gather adopters and technologists to further the education and advancement of cloud-native computing. The vendor-neutral events feature domain experts and key maintainers behind popular projects like Kubernetes, Prometheus, Envoy, CoreDNS, Container, and more. Hi, it's B Cameron Gain, still here in Detroit. And I will be very sad to leave Detroit tomorrow. And I'm here today with Natalie Vladko. Great. Of, oh, thank you. Pronunciation is okay? Absolutely. Oh, great. For, for once, right? Natalie is head of open source for Wayfair. And you know, before we start talking about this fascinating open source project you guys have initiated, I was wondering if you could please describe what Wayfair does?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, Wayfair is an online platform for all things home, basically. Anything that you want to get for your home in terms of furnishings, furniture, outdoor, decor, and so on. Especially if you're working from home, also a place that you can uh, go to get those supplies. Anything for the home, Wayfair, Wayfair provides. But on top of that, we're also huge in helping out our suppliers to be able to use our platform to Sell their home goods on Wayfair, right? Um, And uh, it takes a lot of lot of technical technical work behind the scenes to kind of get that going. We are in uh, five different countries at the moment: U.S., Canada, Germany, U.K., and Ireland. Yeah, we were. We like to think ourselves as a global business,
1: highly distributed. Absolutely, and that obviously lends itself well to containerization, microservices. Kubernetes and open source.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Open source is, is, is really global, truly async yeah. and global as a technology and like yeah. an overall expertise. Yeah. We have technologists throughout the world, definitely North America, throughout Europe as well. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we are utilizing cloud native and open source, not just as technologies that fuel our business, but also as the ways that are great for us to work in a now very much sometimes remote distributed environment.
1: Maybe we could go take a step back a little bit and describe how did you become involved in open source and what, it, what is your, your digital journey for yourself? How did you become involved in, in systems?
0: Yeah, great question. I don't have a usual background. I was meant to be an archaeologist when I was doing my studies. I studied Egyptology and archaeology. And then the Ah. Arab Spring occurred during my master's studies. And I wasn't able to, with my university, go and be Mm. in the field and attend digs. Mm. And so in my spare time as (laughs) as a hobby, I was building websites. I was, you know, doing a lot of HTML, CSS, uh, dabbling a bit of JavaScript and so on. And it was something that I really liked doing. And I kind of had to think of a plan B of my career when uh, archaeology for me didn't take off. So did a lot of freelance work and I ended up getting into technical writing. And that was something that led me down the path of wanting to get a lot more involved in open source. And so for Wayfair, uh, it was very much the push of us wanting to be at Wayfair, known as a tech company. I mean, given that we're in the e-commerce space, the best way to be known as a tech company is to create technical products. Open source is a really great avenue for that. And so I, I kind of basically said, you know, I think at Wayfair, we, this is a really great capability that we can build and I'm the right person to build it. have been doing open source a lot on the documentation side. I'd really like to push Wayfair to get involved in this uh, and was able to amass a small team of engineers where we focus on platform work, we focus on advocacy, and we focus a lot on uh, internally compliance with licences, Um, and also community management as well. It's
1: international, yeah. Absolutely. And where where were they in their digital journey when you came on board?
0: Yeah, uh, so five years ago, I Mm. I joined Wayfair. Um, It was definitely uh, a little bit before our uh, full tilt into going all cloud-native. We had a hybrid approach at that point, some on-prem and some in the cloud. But 20, I would say, a centralized decision for us to properly decouple from our monolith into like a microservice architecture would have happened in 2018, 2019. That journey really begun where we understood the really great benefits of of microservices to a point where we thought, okay, this hybrid model for us is actually, would benefit our microservices being fully in the cloud. And so uh, making that move in late 2020, making that decision to get out of the data centers and go fully in, uh, we actually just recently achieved that this October with with our cloud provider going all in open. Congratulations. Congratulations.
1: And, and i'm going to assume it wasn't very easy uh,
0: no <laughs> <laughs> it's everything in, in 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 the cloud native world is we, we do want to make sure just generally as like technology practitioners that you're trying to make it as easy as possible or as you know approachable and frictionless as possible but no it's it's really hard especially as a, a business like wayfair we've been around for 20 years this year and coming from a place where we were very enterprise at first and we yeah. need to push into open source and cloud native how do you make legacy data centers and legacy systems work in a cloud environment now. And how do, yeah. you, how do you upskill the engineers that we need to actually take us to the cloud and actually then monitor and look after those services now in that new space? Definitely not easy, but we were really, really proud of ourselves to achieve uh, that, that push out into cloud and our growth and knowledge investment still continues today. And what
1: is the main challenge now?
0: Yeah, great question. I would say it's it's a few things. Definitely like continued training and education. That's something that we want to do in a a few different ways. Firstly, obviously investing in training with foundations like Linux Foundation, CNCF that offer really great training programs. But on top of that, it's also a really great training facet for us has been being able to create sandboxes for engineers that are, especially with our work with Kubernetes and 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 you know running Kubernetes now, we've been able to create production environments that are very uh, development dev environment, sorry, that are very close to our production environment, so that experimentation in sandboxes can occur okay. and folks can learn as they go without actually. Yeah. fearing failure or feeling fearing a mistake. So I think experimentation is a really important aspect of our own learning and growth for Cloud Native. And also, um, you know, coming to like great events like KubeCon and Cloud NativeCon and other events in the in the ecosystem where we're hearing from other companies yeah. who've done the same journey and yeah. the same process and yeah. learning from their use cases.
1: Watching the talks, I really love going to these talks.
0: Absolutely. And just even being at like the hallway track, as we often say, is like so beneficial. Yeah. On, I, at conferences, yeah. speaking to other folks yeah. and being like, yeah, yeah. We, we moved to cloud in 2019 as well. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that has been actually super beneficial for a lot of our teams and, and I know we've got a team here, Wayfair's got a team here that is specifically really interested in Backstage because we've adopted Backstage as a part of the CNCF. It's a developer portal that allows our engineers at Wayfair to see the all the services that they need to be able to own their own application operationally and so on without having to, like let's say, fully rely on an infrastructure team. So com- being able to come to a conference like this and like learn directly from the folks who develop the portal that we rely on, super beneficial.
1: That's an open source project.
0: It is. And part of the CNCF as well.
1: Yeah. That's that's the beauty of, of it as well, is not only running all these people, but all these se- or several hundred now open source projects or CNCF projects that are open source, they're, they're all here.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think talking to folks face-to-face is obviously really great, but yeah. what's... Also, just as good is that a lot of these interactions they need to continue async online in the open source space yeah. through issues and PRs because yeah. that's how open source runs. And yeah. that's also been something that is—it's very clear speaking to a lot of maintainers. Uh, being a fellow maintainer myself on the Kubernetes, yeah, end, I
1: was going to getting into that. Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's been really yeah. beneficial. You know, you have these discussions, but we say, okay, let's actually make sure that we push this back into the async space online that other people can benefit from what we're talking about. Yeah,
1: and I. Going to assume that Wayfair's culture is advocates giving back to the community. Yes, and,
0: definitely. And
1: how does that work? I, I,
0: yeah, great question. So yeah. as a head of open source, we I've definitely put together like a lot of great information and documentation for our for our engineers together with my team to allow them to understand what can we do to to give back. I think a lot of companies are really good at consuming open source, but you know, the contribution yeah. back is a little harder. And can the first be, thing yeah. yeah, and you maybe heard it in the keynote earlier in the week here at KubeCon, you know, what are the what are the one things that maintainers need in terms of being able to get support? Yeah. They need time. time yeah. Contribution time, needs time, time as well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so we're investing in trying to Give engineers time time to learn so that they can actually contribute back and understand that, hey, we need this solution or we need to solve this certain problem. We have this solution, but investing in open source means we don't need to build it ourselves. We save a bunch of time because we wouldn't build it ourselves. And the thing that works for us might work for someone else. So we contribute that back upstream so that other folks can take advantage and actually our own use case grows and and becomes more mature. So that's something that we are investing in in, internally at Wayfair to educate a lot with great documentation, working one-on-one with engineers, doing a lot of user research in terms of, what would you need from our team to help facilitate your contributions to open source? And we've gotten great feedback internally about how we need a clear idea of what licenses we can use. So we've created an allow and deli- deny list for that. Uh-huh. We, need greater, right. we, need, we need a better way to uh, frictionlessly be able to like join the GitHub organizations that we want to do or, or fork a project. So we've created a complete self-service workflow so but that the- we get out <laughs> of the way of software engineers and let them do their job. Policy. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, policy as code is actually also a really great one that we're currently uh, at Wayfair looking into for the open source world.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, the way you're describing it, I was thinking that you're implementing the policy right from the get-go.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's that's really foundational. The team that I run, the open source program office at Wayfair, we look after the how to open source. Mm -hmm. But we want to rely on our software engineers and the domains that they know best, that they're the experts in, to tell us what we should be open sourcing, what we should be adopting, and what we should be contributing to. At the same time, of course, we can tell people what to do, but we should uh, walk the walk as well. And so we, in our own team, we do our own contributions to open source as well. Excellent. And I'm
1: thinking, I get the impression that you know, Wayfair fosters a sandbox culture, which I advocate. And how, how does that play out on a day-to-day for these engineers? Are, are they, do they have a carte blanche to work on their favorite project, sandbox sandbox project, or how does that, how can they choose and decide and yeah. and, and how is it quantified? Do they get a day to do that? And how does that work? Yeah,
0: great question. Okay. It's, it can be varied across teams with yeah. way friend I'd love to speak about the larger organization that I'm part of. So in our organization we have uh, what we call this idea of a free day Friday or 20% time. Yeah, okay. Where 20% of your time you can actually use it to do kind of whatever you want. In the vicinity of hopefully it's actually good for your job and we want you to do experimentation. We want you to jump into open source. We want you to maybe write some really great docs or like play around with a possible new tool. And we've had a lot of really, really great innovation come out of those kinds of days where we've been able to build really great products for our engineers at Wayfair from the company when we have had time in our department to actually free reign experiment and sandbox, as you mentioned. And so with that, we've actually been able to really, really successfully push as part of our performance model at Wayfair as a software engineer that your contribution to open source is part of you showing great performance as well.
1: Well, now, what are some of your favorite or most interesting open source projects?
0: I'm a little bit biased, of course, with that. I'm the co-chair of the Special Interest Group for Documentation for Kubernetes, so I have to big a shout out to the, those okay. folks there. Yeah. Also, a big favorite project of mine is uh, one called Tremor. It's a project that was built away Wayfair uh, with Rust. It's oh. an event-based processing system for mission-critical yeah. environments. Deals with unstructured data in real time. It's really, really great for Businesses like us that every minute counts when it comes to an outage or, or, or a failure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were really, really lucky to be able to work with the CNCF and donate that project to the CNCF now. We've been able to grow the contributor base there, working in a project um, that has a language that's really exciting and fun in the ecosystem right now with Rust and being able to grow that capability of our reliance on such a project by donating it, so to speak, to the foundation space.
1: How did that come about? What's the, what was the genesis? of Yeah, a, yeah. so
0: uh, basically, I think a lot of business or a lot of companies look at certain kind of issues that they're facing or problems and challenges. And I think maybe we've got this current solution, but it could always be better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is one of those things with our application level metrics yeah. where we're thinking, you know, it could be better. We, we could have real time data in our hands when we need it so that our outages are just not as not as hard on us, yeah, basically. Or yeah. maybe like eventually teaming that with a lot of the other really great CNCF projects that we're using actually make outages go down to zero. And so Tremor came about as, a, as something that we were solving that, We wanted to get better in the application metric space. And we were really lucky at Wayfair to be able to be given the kind of allowance, so to speak, or freedom, great word, to say, hey, pick the tools that you need to actually solve this Mm. this problem for us. And we're looking for something that we want real-time data, highly available, scalable, uh, reliable. And so right tool for the job, something really performant. Rust was something that the team chose to work with. Mm. They didn't know Rust Prior to this, right. so they went ahead and went went to learn it. Excellent. Uh, went got into the community, went and learned about Rust, what? so that they could actually build a tool that would be beneficial. And mm-hmm. Wayfair was able to replace Logstash with Tremor. We replaced a bunch of cores that we had down to four. We saved ourselves, definitely. I would say about at the start forty thousand dollars a month. Wow. With that replacement, Excellent. so that's something that we thought, okay, someone else is going to benefit from. N- this. N-
1: not to mention the lost time you would have otherwise might have had had you not put that into place, yeah. for example, for downtime, for example?
0: Absolutely, Man. absolutely. And this is something where that has been so monumental for us as something that we've been able to kind of grow in-house. But at the same time, we wanted to make sure that we were emphasizing that we won't build every solution ourselves that's going to actually work the best. This was something that it was a problem space that we believed after doing a lot of research that we could find a better solution for, but sometimes that research leads you down another open source project that already exists. And so, contributing back to that for our own use case is also something that we push a lot internally at Wayfair mm. as well. Great. And so, again, that twenty percent time that I mentioned, we want folks experimenting, looking into new things that maybe could make what they're doing right now a bit yeah. better.
1: Good. I was wondering too, for as far as Rust goes, I mean, they came in the Rust cold. What what were they using before? Was there a predominant language they were using?
0: Oh, so this is something that just a team yeah. chose that uh, specific yeah. language yeah. as a say as the right tool for the job. Yeah. But at Wayfair, we yeah. have a few different languages that we use yeah. across our platform. We use Java. We use Python. A little bit of C Sharp here and there. But we used to be a PHP shop and we've moved away from PHP as a a basis of our language when we moved away from
1: the monolith, It's all a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) This is B Cameron Gain signing off here at Detroit with Natalie Vladko from Wayfair. Thank you so much. It was great. KubeCon and CloudNativeCon conferences gather adopters and technologists to further the education and advancement of cloud-native computing. The vendor-neutral events feature domain experts and key maintainers behind popular projects like Kubernetes, Prometheus, Envoy, CoreDNS, Container, and more. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's one of the best ways you can help us grow this community, and we really appreciate your feedback. You can find the full video version of this episode on YouTube. Search for the new stack, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any new videos. Thanks for joining us, and see you soon.